All right, welcome to Against All Odds with Cousin Sal. Mighty, mighty boss tones playing us in. Self-proclaimed godfather of ska, co-worker of mine, Dickie Barrett. Does he call himself the godfather of ska? <laughs> he does, yeah. I thought they were the godfathers of ska core, which uh, is a subset of ska. Oh, really? How can they? They're not the, he's not the godfather <laughs> of ska. He's, Dickie he says is. he is? <laughs> Jimmy Kimmel, I haven't introduced him yet. Oh, I'm yeah, sorry. No, it's okay. Sorry, I got carried away there. <laughs> I told Dickie I wouldn't dream of using anyone else's music to play me in uh, <laughs> unless Phil Collins gave me against all odds for $1 less. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Did so. Dickie, you have to pay Dickie for this? I had to pay him. No way. <laughs> I did, yeah. Are you kidding? He said he gave me a great deal. <laughs> a great deal. You could use any song. Oh no, that is. I you know I just assume because I think Corolla uses Dickie. He thinks he think he does use it. He uses Rascal Kings, and he thinks Corolla stole it. And he wasn't giving me the okay to steal it. So I was like, all right, how much? And so wait a minute. So you, one of his closest <laughs> friends, have to pay on your podcast. Yeah. But Adam, that's once a week. Adam yeah. uses this for the 40 or 50 odd podcasts for he free. does daily for free we he assume. uses the rascal king yeah that's right <laughs> wow. wow but i got for i got the whole library for 500 dollars. i got the whole everything they ever sang is that right no no i no. just got the one song oh 500 bucks he says it, that's a great deal. indefinitely you could use I think it so yeah and the money went directly to him or um, did he share it with the other guys i had to email somebody else so i, I don't know maybe they kept it between themselves so each one of them got $14 for this. And as a result, so. you're out. You start this show in the hole. This is what are you doing? That's a gambler's life. I'm already down. Wow. Okay. All right. So you're losing right off the bat. As soon as the theme song kicks in, you've exactly. lost. No, no, no. That's the name of it. Is it going to be every season? Is he going to? I mean, or is this indefinitely? You get. I don't know. I, like, maybe I could renegotiate. We should reestablish the terms and then find... Uh, I don't know, a cheaper and or more popular band. You know, the Boston's are only the 12th most popular band in the city of Boston, we, from Boston. We did go over this, right? Yes. Like, even Dickie um, didn't put himself in the top 10, I don't think. He tried to. He yeah. tried to put them in at number 10, but we kept pushing them back. Right, yeah. right, right. He tried to discount certain people, like, <laughs> well, James Taylor's not really from Boston, that kind of thing. But exactly. It exactly. didn't fly. <laughs> Although now that he's he's milking you for I podcast know. money, <laughs> he needs this it. is ridiculous. We'll have to. He's gonna love this. Yeah. We'll have to have him on specially. But um, <laughs> we have a very special show today. At the end, I'm gonna give out my best bet. My friends, known as the Degenerate Trifecta, uh, and I, we gave two winners last week. We gave Boston Washington largest lead over 16 and a half points in Game Five. That was easy. Brother Bry gave you uh, Stipe Miocic over Junior DeSantos in UFC 211. That was even easier. The parlay kid went two for three on his parlay, and Harry the Horse picked uh, McElroy and Matsuyama to finish in the top 20. They did not. Uh, I think he was just happy they made the cut. He, he picked the Kentucky Derby. He gave us five horses. I don't even think they finished in the top 20. So when the parlay kid gives you gets yeah. two out of three, I mean, he lost. He lost. Yeah, yeah. right. That's it sounds loser. good, but it's not. I know, yeah. I know. He yeah. was happy about it. But he anyway, was. <laughs> those uh, knuckleheads, they'll be back next week. This week, and you know, when I started this podcast, uh, God, well, three weeks ago, I made two promises. Number one, I said, if you listen religiously, you'd be a well-informed, well-rounded gambler. And number two, my second promise was that for as long as I had this podcast... 
I would have the host of the Oscars on as a guest the week they announced it. So I'm, I'm keeping my word. That is true. Yeah, yeah. I, I am going to host the Oscars. What, are the, what were the odds that I would host the Oscars? <laughs> was there a line on that? I, I think they took that off. Yeah, it was such a, <laughs> but anyway, Jimmy Kimmel, I don't know how I got him. Jimmy Kimmel's here. Thanks for coming on Against All Odds. It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. We, we are actually cousins, right? As far as I know, although we've not had genetic testing done, but right. your father is my mother's brother. Yes. And my mother's your father's sister. It works out. It really does. I think every day for the last 15 or 20 years, someone has asked me if we are really cousins. I don't know if you get the same thing. No, and nobody ever asks really? about you. Yeah, nobody. No, <laughs> yeah, no, people do. No, people, a lot of times will call you my uncle, which is oh, weird yeah. since you're younger than I am. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, people are, they, I think they're less suspicious. I think most of them now do understand. Now they do? That, yeah. yeah, I guess it's getting a little better. But I just, I, I answer the same way all the time. I said, Yes, Dad, we're cousins. You should know this by now. Your <laughs> sister is Jimmy's mother. But I remember sleeping over um, your parents in your parents' apartment before you were born, uh -huh. which is weird because it may be one of my first memories because really? I'm only four years older than you. So I was probably four years old at that time. Mm -hmm. And your dad would um, streak. It was streaking was big in the 70s, and he used to love to throw the garbage in the garbage in the garbage incinerator mm -hmm. in the apartment building they lived in he'd run naked with the garbage right and he continued doing that when you were born but i remember sleeping with the in bed with them they had no guest room mm -hmm. you know and I, and I wet the bed wow and um and they were very nice about it but uh <laughs> it is one of my so i don't know if that proves anything but um i it I urinated in Sal's parents' bed, which would be especially weird if we weren't related. Yeah, we have to be related. Yeah. Why would you talk about me otherwise? You wouldn't brag about me if, uh, if, we, if you didn't have to, right? It wouldn't make any sense exactly. at all. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's talk about the Oscars. They asked you back. Yeah. Even yeah. though you'd screwed up that ending so miserably. You know, it's funny. I, I've been looking at some of these newspaper articles, and they do say, no. they're like, you look, look online. It's like... Despite the flub Ugh. at the end, Kim, I had about as much to do with that as I had to do with the Super Bowl last year. Like right. that's that's how involved I was in that. That <laughs> is ridiculous. Actually, sitting in the audience when it happened, like, yeah. I had nothing at all to do with it. But it's weird. People just kind of, it's fake news, is what it is. Yeah, Donald it really Trump is. is right. It's all fake news. <laughs> and here's here's how you know um, you had nothing to do with that because. I bet La La Land. Yeah. And if you had any say in the outcome, you wouldn't you wouldn't leave me a loser there, right? You would have fixed the ending. It's the funny because I find myself uh, I don't do a ton of gambling, but I find myself I, I will always find out who who you're betting on, mm -hmm. and then I will have to root so that hopefully you win because I have this nightmare that somehow you've made some crazy bet and <laughs> uh, like when you bet your actual house that. Right. One of those bets you're going to lose and it's all going to come crashing down. <laughs> I think you down. had that nightmare when you peed in my parents' bed uh, yeah. in the middle of the night. Yeah, that's, it, it's, it's crazy. But you're back. Uh, I want, can you guess the last time someone hosted back-to-back? -back? Maybe you know this already. I do not know. All right. Do you want to guess? Billy Crystal? It's a good guess. What year? Like maybe the early 90s or something? Great. 91, 92. 25 years since someone has hosted back-to-back. Wow, I must be really great. <laughs> you really are. <laughs> and available. Yeah. yeah. No, but, and Crystal, Carson, and Hope, I love this shit, so I did my research. They're the only ones to host four years in a row. 
Um, Billy Crystal, Johnny Carson, and Bob Hope. Bob Hope. Yeah. I think you could break that. You know, it's funny. I um, first of all, no, there's no chance that I'll break that. But I, you know, I've looked at some of those old shows, mm-hmm. and it's just it's not even comparable. I mean, it's nothing like it is now. You right. know, Billy Crystal kind of ruined it because, in a good way, because he made it so elaborate, and he did these big production, these comedy bits and uh, songs and all this stuff that nobody had done before. Yeah. And that now when you go back and look at it, it's like these people are hosting a raffle on a local television show or something. <laughs> it's like they do eight jokes and then they walk off and that's pretty much their job for the night. But it was, be honest, and you pat, pat your back, yourself on the back a little. It was stiff for many years and it and it has been. Like I think that's that's the number one compliment you could receive and did receive that it was like, it was more fun when you did it. It just was. It was opened up. and Well, you know how much fun I am. I mean, I'm a lot of fun all the time. <laughs> right. Like when you guys are over screwing around in the writer's room and I go, was anyone working over here? <laughs> yeah. You know I'm a lot of fun. That's fun. I think that is fun. <laughs> no, I think there's a different vibe. I put it at 20 to 1 odds that you break their record and go five in a row. Five in a row. That'll never happen. Oh, come on. Don't bet that one. Please don't bet on that. It's going to put pressure (laughs) on me. Don't tell us everything you have planned, but let let us know. What what are some of the bits you have planned? You want to ask crazy? I do have some things planned. (laughs) Son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) I swear to God, I have some things planned. That's crazy. Of course, I'm not going to talk about them, but I do have a... Well, naturally, when you do the show right afterwards, you think, oh, well, I could have done this. Mm -hmm. Because I think it's a lot like sports. I think it's so frequently you see a team get to the finals and then lose the finals and then that team knows what to do and then they come back and they win the next year right no i'm not saying i lost the finals but i just feel like there's something about being there you learn a lot it steals you in a way you you know what to expect you know what the crowd is like right you, you know and you don't know that until you do it interesting it's 10 months away you are you are thinking about this a lot i could tell you are but. Yeah, of course. I always think about this stuff. You know, I, I plan. I'm, I'm planning my death. Right. <laughs> you know. Right. Okay. So now I, I bet La La Land. Speaking of ridiculous wagers, we we are uh, embroiled in this Dancing with the Stars. I'm not going to say controversy, but we have something interesting going on. We do. We always do. Mm-hmm. I think. Have you had more success betting on Dancing with the Stars than any? Yeah, I'll event. stop you there. I yeah. won't call it a sport, but right, yeah, right. no, for sure. And let, I want to go through your see. So you on the show, you pick a winner every season. Yes, actually started in season five. Yeah, um, maybe that's when it was first became available online to bet. But you picked a winner anyway. Let now, me just say before yeah. this that I know that to most sports fans, there's mm-hmm. nothing less interesting than Dancing with <laughs> the Stars. But I promise you that if you bet a large sum of money on it it yeah. becomes a lot more interesting mm-hmm. and you start going like oh yeah that dancer's hot <laughs> you start really like oh you know start you get into it and you get upset right. if they don't pick but i feel like we have it really pretty well figured out i we think know so the too. formula what is it what is it what do you look for in your i look analysis? for two things mm-hmm. number one the dancer has to dance well the dancer has to dance well and show improvement over the course of the season. Mm-hmm. That's why I have a proclivity toward athletes, uh, toward people who are physically capable. Okay, right. And then the other thing that I look for is um, not just popularity, but strong local or 
age group popularity. Like if you get a like a, a teen star or a Pittsburgh Steeler or somebody from a place where you know people are going to pick up the phones and vote. Mm -hmm. Because they do, it is a real thing. I mean, they really are counting up the votes and the ta whatever the hell, they, however right. they do it. So I look for a rabid fan base and an ability to dance. Let me add strong dance partner. We had Derek Huff for many years, whoever he was paired with or his sister. Derek Huff, yeah, used good. to be a factor. That yeah. was good. And also... But don't fall for the sob story too much. Like when B Paul McCartney's uh, ex-wife with one leg was on, yeah. you think, oh, maybe people will, the, the, she'll get the pity vote. No, that seems to only go so far. It never works out. Yeah, that right. gets you to like, um, that gets you to week seven. Past the month. Right, right. <laughs> and another thing, so we've had good friends on the show and we knew right away to stay away from Jeffrey Ross and Adam Carolla, before he was stealing music, was on this show, right? That's Dancing. right. Yeah. Yeah. So I also, and I'll talk about it when you get to that year. Mm -hmm. I also bet on somebody that I know once because I I know him, and it was a mistake, and it was my worst ever performance. Okay. As far as picking dancing stars goes. So let's get through these. So season five, we started with Helio Castro Neves. He won race car driver. Yeah, and I, I like betting the athletes too because I feel more manly about it. I'm like, oh, this is this isn't as despicable as it could be if we're if yeah. we're not betting athletes. Elio, I looked at him. He's a handsome guy. Yeah. He's short, which helps. Short guys tend to do better. Right. You know, those race car drivers. He also he's a, he's a foreigner, so I had a feeling he had some kind of dancing ability. Mm -hmm. You know, some kind of tango or something in him. Whatever they do. So yeah, that was a good pick. We See, won that. A one. lot of thought goes into it. Nobody Chris picked Elio Castroneves. No, no one's heard his name since that day but i'll say this we were so we're nine and nine through the 18 seasons we bet which doesn't seem great but we're getting between four to one and 14 to one odds on some of these oh so. yeah we're picking between what 15 dancers 15, yeah so we're nine and nine picking right at the beginning yeah. before they even start dancing that's we're, pretty impressive we're getting good odds on these wins uh christy yamaguchi she won so mm -hmm. that was two years in a row i think that was corolla season right well yep. i don't know yeah. yeah uh lance bass he came in third yeah do we hate do we start to <laughs> we start to dislike the person who when, when they uh <laughs> who won that season lance bass i don't bass remember was on we don't have the I winner can, i can look it up yeah no it's okay it All doesn't right. matter yeah lance bass i felt like america was ready to vote for lance bass i think at the time he was probably the biggest celebrity on on the show that year that he danced yeah that one made sense um yeah. Okay, yeah, Brooke Burke won that year with with Derek Huff. Yeah, she was good. She was good. Yeah, and she had Derek. Yeah, who it, a lot of it is about how physically attractive the male in in the because mm -hmm. most of the w viewers are women. So y you go for a guy that's handsome, or if you go for a woman, the dance partner like right. Max was a big Max Churchmowski right. was exactly. you know all these guys from Transylvania. They they right the Transylvanians are. Are very strong. <laughs> Light it up, uh, Gilles Marini. I remember us having him. I don't remember. Gilles is the his, Gilles. Gilles, yeah, yeah. Gilles Marini came in second. Yeah, he almost won. Yeah. So this was our biggest uh, odds wise. This was our biggest winner. Donny Osmond, season nine. I think it was nine to one odds. I knew it. I knew it. Because <laughs> I knew that the fan base for Dancing with the Stars are the same people that were watching the Donny and Marie show in the seventies. Right. And Donny still looks good. He's charming. I know he can dance. I remember him dancing in the Donnie Marie show. That mm -hmm. that was, I think that was a very strong That pick. was good. He the odds makers of... were wrong on that one. We had Erin Andrews. She finished third. Yeah. Uh, then we had Jennifer Gray. She won. Mm-hmm. That was Dirty nice. Dirty dancing. Yep. Yep. Heinz Ward. I felt good about that football player. He won. He won, yeah. Uh, 
We, we whiffed big time, I think, with this one. David Arquette. That was the one I was mentioning. Because I know okay. David, and I, yeah. I figured... I knew he would be hurt if I didn't pick him. <laughs> so I picked him, and that was a mistake. And I knew yeah. almost immediately that it was a mistake. Right. You can't, you can't let friendship get involved. All right. Donald Driver, he won. The wide receiver for the Packers. That yep. was nice. Oh, then there was an all-star year, and we put... we. Took Gilles Marini again. Yeah. And he lost. Yeah. Interesting. He should have won. Yeah. Who won that year? Uh, Not see. him, right? No, he didn't win. He what, posi- what did he finish? By the way, I think it's also impressive that other than David Arquette, I think everyone we picked finished in the top three, maybe one-fourth, right? Yeah, right. I remember being nervous for a lot of the showdowns, the final three. This is that. the lamest thing I've ever bra- <laughs> bragged about. <laughs> We might have to go beat some guys up after this. I think so. Let's go in the parking lot and look for trouble. Um, uh, Melissa Rycroft. Does that make sense? Melissa Rycroft. Yes. She was the bachelorette. Right. She won. Yeah. Yeah. You got to watch out for those bachelor bachelorettes when they compete right after their season because mm-hmm. they're still riding high with the ABC audience. Exactly. Exactly. Zendaya, season 16, we had Zendaya came in second. Yeah. Uh, Amber, Again, a strong pick. Mm-hmm. Amber Riley won season 17. That was good. Yeah. Amy Purdy came in second season 18. This is a nice little run for us between winners and uh, second place. Alfonso Ribeiro. Yeah. I remember won. those videos. Uh, uh, you know, can you rap? Can right. you dance? And I knew he could dance. And uh, his name's <laughs> funny, too. That helps. That was then you could say I picked Alfonso Ribeiro. Mm-hmm. Over and over again. It's funny on TV. Gilles Marini was another yeah. good one. Here's a not not a great name, Nick Carter, but he came in second. We didn't win that one. Yeah. And then what I ha- thought, see, I applied the Donny Osmond mm-hmm. um, logic to that, where I thought, oh yeah, like the girls who were into Nick Carter were like like my sister's age, and yeah. then they're watching Dancing with the Stars. And, right. But I think Nick Carter's even his his demos a little bit young for that kind of gotcha. that kind of vote. Right. Uh, Antonio Brown. We went with another Steelers receiver. He lost. I think he went far. And then last season, we had Laurie Hernandez, winner. Mm-hmm. And this year, Rashad Jennings at 14 to 1. Monster odds. 14 to 1 odds. 14 to 1 odds. It's insane. And there he is. <laughs> and he's going to win. He is, right? And we're going to win. I love it. Unless we get La La Landed. Yeah, we might get La La Landed. We did have, uh, there was a big thing, Simone, uh, by, what, what did she Biles. do? Ta- she, what did she do? She came on? She said that it doesn't matter that she lost because she had the most fun, which yeah. is a great answer. It, it's all about who had the most fun. It doesn't yeah. matter that she lost because she had the most fun. Also, it's a stupid competition. <laughs> it's You're competing against non-dancers in a dance competition. So, uh, yes, it definitely doesn't matter that she yeah, lost. Yeah, no, none of it matters. I mean, it matters to us because we have Rashad Jennings, <laughs> but it definitely doesn't matter. So it's either Rashad Jennings, David Ross, the, the ex-major leaguer, which yeah. I, don't see, I don't see him. Cubs, right? Right. Yeah, no. Or... Uh, Normani Cordii, right? Is that how you say it? No, no. <laughs> what? Let me look at that name. I thought I spelled it phone- phonetically. <laughs> phonetically. Normani Cordii. Oh, who the hell knows? I don't know. I think All that's right. a... Is that even a, an I? I think I it's a know. one. Well, she, she's going to get the last laugh anyway. <laughs> she better not win. But that's great. So um, 14 to 1. Now that's, I mean, that's strong. Yeah. So what I'm saying is if you're really interested in gambling, I mean, forget about being interested in sports. If you're really interested in gambling and mm-hmm. winning money, 
pay attention to who we picked for Dancing with the Stars. Right. This is a stellar. This record is. It's pretty impressive. I wish we could have bet on our own record because the odds would have been enormous. And if we could bet someone to come in the top three, we would have two losses, right? We'd be like 18 and two, I think. If we could pick someone before they even agree to be on Dancing with the Stars, like maybe we pick a star who's hot right now and we go, okay, Mm -hmm. this career is not sustainable. This person's going to be on Dancing with Stars in 2024. And we pick that person to win like seven years from now. We could get huge odds, yeah. and we could retire. I like that. I really like that a lot. <laughs> Let's try to figure that out. You just got to figure out a way to get it up on the board. Here's something I've uh, been wanting to tell you. Um, You're gay. Well, yes, and whether football, basketball, baseball, or dancing with the stars is your sport of choice, Jimmy, you know that the key to winning is a strong roster, right? I do, yeah. I've always known that. I Actually, I think I taught you that you did and then you then you went on to say the best coaches know that having the right players come from scouting in all the right places oh yeah that's true yeah that is where the best coaches yeah. come from is this a commercial oh yeah yeah this hold is on a let me read it for oh, okay you. You i'm a professional here. okay hold on. what is this zip recruiter oh yeah, yeah i've heard about this right now ZipRecruiter.com. You can post your job to 100 plus job sites with one click. What do you need a job for? If you're listening to these picks, you don't have to work. You'll never have to do this. I mean, okay, maybe you love work. Maybe that's why you want to do it. You can find the best candidates by posting your job on just one site. You need to post on all the top job sites. It should say you don't need to post on all the top job sites, right? I don't know. I don't know what's going on with this either. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com and get a job, make money, bet it all, and if you lose, do it all over again. 80% of the jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. No juggling emails or calls to your office. Simply screen, rate, manage candidates all in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes nationwide. Try for free today at ZipRecruiter.com slash odds. O-D-D-S. And then you don't get credit if they don't put odds. Right, they have to put odds. (laughs) It's a great way for ZipRecruiter to get a bunch of gambling addicts in the workforce. All right. I think they're going to love that read, but I'm not sure. I don't think they're going to love it. No? No. I have a feeling they're not going to love it. I think this is good because you you could... See where your employees are coming. Normally, we just sit back and wait for our friend Daniel to tell us who to hire. That is true. Right? Yeah. Our friend Daniel Kellison, who is, uh, 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 what does he do now? Oh, he has a, a company. He's the CEO. He's the CEO of a web, is it a website? Yeah. It's a production company. Yeah called Jash, mm-hmm. J-A-S-H. And the reason that it's called that is because it was the only four-letter word still available right. on the internet exactly with a vowel right. in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were other ones, but they were like, Bleh. and so they went with Jash. And Daniel, like Daniel worked at um, the Bonnie Hunt show, which mm-hmm. was a talk, daytime talk show. And he was the executive producer of the show and they canceled the show. And Daniel, on the day they canceled the show, called me and said, hey, they canceled the show. I was like, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. And he's like, okay, buddy, I got a list of people um, that you should hire. And he, he gives me a list of like, like, like 22 people that I should hire. And mm-hmm. I said, Daniel, I have, 
we've been on the air for like nine years. Yeah. I am I to fight? Should I fire all my employees so that I can hire <laughs> your now former employees? He didn't seem to understand that you couldn't just absorb another. And he never has an answer for that, right? No, he considers it offensive, and <laughs> I'm being the dick. We gotta, we love Daniel, but Daniel, sorry, we have Zip Recruiter. We, of course, we love yeah. him. We would kill him if we didn't love him. <laughs> right. I want to talk about the history of gambling in our family. Okay. Because it's not just me. I don't know how you went to Vegas. You lived in Vegas for how long? From nine years. Nine years, and you didn't catch the bug. A little bit. A little well, bit. The only time I really ever had a bug for gambling mm. was when I was flipping cards in Brooklyn, right. and um, I. I got a Mets team card, which was a very, very big deal at the milk and stuff down the block. Right. And I got into a, a flip battle with my neighbor, Andre Verderama. He lived right across the street. Mm -hmm. And I won a stack of cards taller than me from Andre. It was a huge stack of cards. And for those who don't know what... I know you talked about this in the first yeah. episode, but when you're flipping cards, it's like... If you, you know, it's like if the team colors match or the teams match, there are all sorts of kind you could of combinations. Do it by position or you could do it by color. Or yeah. I think our fathers used to flip them against the wall. And if it landed heads or tails like that, you would. Yeah, that, that ruined I did the that cards, too. But yeah. yeah, it ruined the cards. But yeah. we would do it by color most of the mm -hmm. time. And I won this huge stack and I kept playing and I lost the whole. My stack went down to nothing and his stack was enormous. Mm -hmm. And I remember being so bummed about that but of course you'd always hold back all the best cards so i held back the mets team right. card and that was like a controversial mm -hmm. move but i'm not i wasn't gonna flip the no, mets team card. Be smart about it right and that's where i that was my first lesson about gambling my second lesson about gambling was i was in high school and we had a friend named martin fisher who looked like he was 21 he was a tall kid and he got he really got into gambling he's a dealer now in las vegas really? actually so he stayed in into playing cards and he won a bunch of money and he came and told us, he's like, I, you know, I won all this money playing blackjack. And we were like, wow, how'd you do it? Whatever. He's like, I, you know, I just know how to do it and give me a bunch of money and I'll go win money for you guys. Mm -hmm. So we each, we put together a hundred dollars. Um, I put in 40 bucks. My friend Ellie put in 40 bucks and Cleto, who's our band leader on the show, mm -hmm. put in 20 bucks. Now, Cleto actually never gave me 20 bucks. I fronted him to 20 oh. and then he um, never gave me the 20 back. But Martin lost all $100, which in 1985 was a lot of money <laughs> in like one second. Like it was he went to the table and we were standing in the corner because you know you couldn't be near the tables right. if you're underage watching from afar we didn't know what happened he walked to the table sat down for what seemed like a moment uh got up and walked back and we're like what's going on he said i lost and he said i said what he goes i lost i was like how much did you lose he said all of it i said you lost all hundred already he's like yeah i lost very matter of factly and I, it never occurred to me that we would lose that money. It was a really terrible feeling. And I remember I had, I had, all I had left was two quarters. And I took those quarters and I went to the arcade in the casino and played Donkey Kong Jr. Really? <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's a winning day, I think, <laughs> in the end. And then my third um, gambling lesson was from my dad, who we were walking through one of these hotels and he said you see this big beautiful hotel i mm -hmm. said yeah he said you see these all this gold and this and that i said yeah he goes you think they build that from people winning and it actually made sense to yeah. me i was like yeah no oh yeah 
No, they didn't. <laughs> they must be winning. Yeah, it always all makes sense, but I'm so stupid. I don't, that doesn't sink in. That, that's a whole different part I do remember when you got into gambling with the slot machine. Well, I would, you know, I would go, we would visit each other just about every summer. Either you would come to New York or I would come to Las Vegas. And I always liked going by you more and get, obviously get away from the parents and siblings. But uh, also because I could gamble. Aunt Chippy also lived, um, you know, in the same town. And she would let me, I talked about this on the first podcast, I would stand, I think, 10 feet behind her. She would play... At the bowling alley. At the bowling alley. She'd play video poker with my $20, and I had my arms folded, and I was nervous, and swaying back and forth. And I'm like, keep the twos, drop the twos, keep the queen. I'd yell, and and then she tried to teach me a lesson, like, Sal, you won $10, let's get out of here. And like, you know, she never listened to her own advice, right? So... (laughs) But no, I, I made her keep going, and then I lost. And she t- still tells that story, like, I'm the one who has a problem. Yeah, right. And I do, for sure. Gambling is strong in our family, but it's mostly with the women in the family. Yeah. Uh, I don't think, other than you, there are any men in our family who are heavy gamblers. But well, it started with Grandma and right. Bingo in Brooklyn. Right. And they love Bingo, and that was a big deal. And mm-hmm. I remember, like, it w- if she won $200 at Bingo, it was like... First of all, everyone in the house was awakened. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was such a big deal. And then she would split up the money. Whenever anybody in our family wanted bingo, Mm -hmm. everybody like this one gets 30 bucks and this one gets 30 bucks. Meanwhile, nobody was splitting up all the losses, you know, 19 weeks of losing and losing and losing and losing. But if somebody won, the money would be split up instantly. It would be a huge celebration. And it's so crazy to think about the amounts that now i remember it seeming like a big deal you know somebody win like 80 dollars it was like a major event and then they love gambling so much that they all moved to las vegas right there was no reason for us to move to las vegas (laughs) it we you know there we had no we had zero connection to las vegas uncle frank moved out there first and grandma and grandpa followed him no together they moved right together at the same time yeah but he didn't even have a job right he just went he heard that he was a retired cop and he heard that they would hire retired cops to work security at the hotels. Mm-hmm. And so he packed the family up and moved to Las Vegas. And then a year later, we followed him. Right. And you got your father dug his heels in. He's like, I live in New York. I'm mm-hmm. not moving to Las Vegas. Right. Even though he loved it when he would come out. He did. But he had no interest in moving to Las Vegas. And yeah, and we lived there. In and Las Vegas. That's crazy. And then, so bingo, we, sh- we, could, we should say you could lose a lot of money playing bingo. You can. Yeah, because, and we used to play, we would go. Yeah. I, I don't think Grandma liked when we went because we would threaten to call bingo. She would take us like once every 18 months and then would learn her lesson for the next 18 <laughs> right. months because we would false bingos. Right. Yeah, we, we would, would yell bingo. Yell bingo. When we, and bingo. you remember what she said? How, what, how she said back? Which. What would she say? She said, I, this is bad, and if the bingo commission finds out about this, <laughs> you guys are in trouble. And that just tickled us to no end, the bingo commission. <laughs> we were laughing so hard about the bingo commission. And we were little kids, too, little yeah. assholes, you right, know? Right, We were like teenagers laughing at the bingo commission. <laughs> she, the, she would also punch us or hit us with, oh, the, yeah. with her giant arms. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she would work, I remember her with the dabber, she'd work like... 15 bingo cards at once and then i'd be sitting there with one bingo card trying to find uh is it b12 and Uh, all of a sudden her big 
fat fist with a bingo dabber would just right. thump the she'd be playing my cards too <laughs> that's right she would get mad she'd look over and if you miss something if you would, miss one oh jump forget on. about and it and those dabbers could do damage like that that'd be on your your shoulder for five years <laughs> if you got that that was it's, weird ink it was like tattoos back then i want to speaking of the, the bingo commission is responsible i think for the the destruction of so many forests so you have the regular you have the regular cards where you put the you have the, the cardboard cards that you put the like what is it, like a little what would it be like the what would you call it, like a chip oh yeah right the little chip cover yeah. okay so then there was a time when all right now it's special time and you have to make an x or a t but you're not going to use your regular cards you're going to buy all these paper and i think that's where the money came in like grandma would buy thousands of those paper things that you would dab with the markers and it was great because it was all run by the church right they were right. all in like catholic churches and like, it's so weird <laughs> even in vegas she would go no they would be in vegas she didn't go to get to bingo much in vegas you didn't need bingo in brooklyn that's all we had you right. know as far as organized gambling goes but she'd go every once in a while to get to bingo in in las vegas but you can play Keno by yourself, which is almost, you know, right. similar to, to bingo. And you mm-hmm. don't have to deal with it. It's much faster. And mm-hmm. then, of course, you know, the, the slot machines are what she really loved. Yeah. Now, um, speaking of Keno, our grandfather, I don't, I don't think he had a problem no, gambling. No, I don't think so either. But I will say this. And, uh, and he was the, the greatest, sweetest, funniest guy. I think we have our sense of humor. You're hosting the Oscars largely due to his personality yes, and sense of humor. For sure. I have a podcast for the same reason. But I think... Uh, I think Dickie he, has five hundred dollars. I know he of, never had five hundred dollars. He should go visit the grave. It would be a nice thing to do. But uh, Grandpa, uh, aside from being the sweetest guy, it's not the uh, a success story like you you've heard in the past. But at sixty seven years old, they moved from Brooklyn to Las Vegas. Now a lot of people are winding down around sixty seven. You know. He lasts another 25 years, and a lot of that time was spent. He would get on a bus, and he would go gamble, and he had the best time for like 20 bucks, right? He would not just get on the bus if he decided he wanted to stay. He'd go downtown Las Vegas, you right. know, the real old school where, you, you know, you could penny slots. Yeah. He would not only take a bus, he would walk home, which was like four miles if he decided he wanted to stay late. Mm-hmm. He walked four miles at like two o'clock in the morning from downtown Las Vegas to the, the, the garage he lived in in Anchipis. That's amazing. <laughs> and he also, I don't know if you remember, he would scout the slot machines. So he would look for a slot machine. His ideal slot machine had like, uh, if they were cherries, it would have two cherries on the line on the last time the person played and mm-hmm. one cherry just above the line because he believed that if you pulled it just right, he thought slot machines were a game of skill. Right. And he would pull them slowly and then he'd wait till just before it clicked and then he'd pull real hard. Yes. And then if he missed it, he would just, it was as if he did it wrong. Right. He treated it like it was a carnival game. Yeah. He had a, he didn't have a gambling problem. He had a gambling solution. And that was to hold that <laughs> one arm bandit a certain way. Right. And he blamed himself if it didn't work because yeah. it couldn't be the theory that was and wrong. And he just say, no, I didn't do it right. right. And then my father, who actually, his job was working the computer systems that set the odds on these slot machines would explain to him that that's not how it works. Right. It's completely random. There is a certain percentage exactly that these machines pay off. Mm-hmm. And and it never actually, it never made any impact on yeah. Grandpa. Now, Grandpa did something. Um, I think your mother inspired this. God bless her. 
he gave us uh, our inheritance through him or some of it or most of it before he passed on. And I think that your mother's idea was that, hey, let the grandchildren, you could see them enjoying it. I don't re- remember it being that. I, what I remember, and tell me if you remember it differently, but what I remember is him dying and about two weeks later, um, our cousin Anne found a bunch of coffee cans in his room that had cash in them. And there was $12,000 in cash. Yeah. And there were nine grandchildren and three children. And she gave us each $1,000 from that. I see. But maybe that, that was in addition to... I thought it was... A, either way, the, the story is that it was to prevent competing family forces from uh, taking that money. <laughs> well, the, yeah, the theory that was floated was that yeah. Aunt Chippy had access <laughs> oh, to his checking account. Let's be honest, she's never going to hear a podcast, so <laughs> we don't have to worry about this. I wasn't sure if it was her or not. And um, Aunt Chippy had access to his checking account and somehow right. converted all his Social Security checks into quarters and um, deposited those quarters into poker machines <laughs> at various bowling alleys. Okay, so At maybe a place called Arizona Charlie's. <laughs> Maybe that's a story. That's pretty. I think Grandpa, knowing that this money was this swamp was being drained, put this money aside with us in mind, knowing we would happen upon it at some point in his room. Okay, so I remember. So we each got a thousand. He also used to pee in the coffee cans. Right. So I'm hoping that the the money can was a different. From the chock full of nuts can that he was peeing so. in. Yeah. <laughs> you have to think that it's the same can. <laughs> but we got a thousand dollars. Do you remember what you did with the money? Yeah, I remember what I did with the money. I I spent it um basically to reimburse myself for what it cost me to go to the funeral. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, interesting. What'd you do with it? Okay. Well, no, so here's why I think because I had two kids at the time. Yeah, no, know? so this this was a different thing because I was in college when we got a thousand dollars from him because I I definitely remember it, and uh, I actually bought two songs from the Mighty Mighty Boston. No, <laughs> no, I uh, I was on a terrible gambling losing streak and uh-huh. I owed uh, the bookie at, uh, at least a thousand dollars and it went right to him. Oh really? And then I remember your mother was in town. And she's like, and we were watching UNLV and they were playing like BYU and they were the ones that screwed me. I loved betting on them. And then they screwed me this one game like against Colorado State. And then they played the next three days later against BYU. And your mother's like, why don't you take $50 of grandpa's money and put it on UNLV? Just see if you like it. And I was like gritting my teeth. Like, yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> By the way, that's another reason. I can't believe you had the running rebels. They were red hot when yeah. you lived there. Yeah. And still didn't, still didn't bet on them. It was enough. I didn't need to bet on them. Yeah. I, um, I, I, I would throw up if they lost. I mean, I, I cared so yeah. much about the games. We would watch them twice. We'd it, Sometimes we'd go to the games, but... It, even if we didn't go to the game, we watched the game once and we were so emotional. We had to then watch it again on tape mm-hmm. just to really see what happened because right. it was so, it was so exciting. And that was enough, huh? Yeah. Wow, well, strange. Vegas was a small town. It was our only it was our only team, our only thing, you know, and the fact yeah. that like it was on national television, people were talking about our local team was really exciting. Yeah. You know, no, yeah. no different than any other uh, small town. I, I'm trying to think if there's any other family members um, who who are Aunt heavy Chippy, gamblers. Yeah, try, well, well Aunt yeah, Chippy and you, you and Aunt Chippy really cover it for the whole rest of the clan. You. I mean, you're really holding up your end. We bought her a video poker machine. I think it was for uh, 
her 65th birthday or something yeah. a while ago now right yeah and that and that didn't last that was like that was like giving a two-year-old fake keys you know <laughs> well the best thing about it is it's now in her like kind of guest room in her house yeah. and people will come over and they see it and they want to play it and then if they win she gets mad because they want to keep the money you right. know <laughs> they'll win a hundred dollars of her quarters in her house <laughs> and she does not she, she does not care for that no she doesn't like that yeah. <laughs> kind of backfired we thought maybe it would save her I thought if we buy her if we spend like a thousand bucks on a, a video poker machine we could potentially potentially save her between 80 and $230,000. Right. But I guess it's not the same when you're playing with your own no, money. No, not the same. Yeah. Not the same. So that's the history of uh, gambling in our family. What do you see? What's the future like? Well, <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think your son Archie is probably our, our best hope. Okay. I mean, don't you think so? What, like to hit like a trifecta or something? Or? To, no, to carry on the family tradition. Oh, to carry it on. Oh, I see. Who do you think is? He is very much into sports. I've, I've taught him about lines. I, I, I feel weird discussing it too much over-unders and stuff. But Yeah, comes... but I do see a certain spark, uh, mm-hmm. a certain glimmer in his eye at Super Bowls when we have the uh, the squares. He you won know? the squares pool this yeah. year. And yeah, and when you win, I think that's a big part of it is if you win your first time, of course. it's like imprinting. It's, right. it's like it, 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 it's something that sticks with you for your whole life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, and I think that definitely happened to you the first time you played video poker. Right. Yep. Yeah. I was a winner and uh, I was hooked anyway. I don't think there was any avoiding it. Yeah. I wonder what it is. I mean, psychologically, I wonder what. Why some people like why you could live out there. Yeah. 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 My father know. goes to Palm Springs, I think, a couple times a month to play blackjack. But. Not too much. It's just, it's, it's my fan. It's me. You're right. It's me and Aunt Chippy. <laughs> <laughs> together again. It's not good. I just hope we don't foresee any arrests. In the you future. should have a child together. And I, I mean, she may be past her childbearing years, but that kid could be the greatest gambler who ever lived. All right. I'm going to throw up all over his microphone. Today. Uh, all right. Well, that's great. Let me give my pick of the week, Jimmy. Game what is your three. pick of the week? Game three, Sunday, Golden State at San Antonio. Now, okay. the first two games went over. It went over the total. The first game went over by 14 points. Game two went over by 25 points. And guess what? They didn't adjust the line. It's still 213. Really? So, yes. So they're, what are they doing? They're begging you to take the over again, right? I guess so. We're taking the under. The Spurs step up their defense in front of the home crowd. Final score, 103-94. Who wins? Who cares? Doesn't matter. We have the under. That's my pick of the week. Lock it up. All right. All right. All right. If you have a gambling story, a bad losing streak, or an obscure event, you can be eligible to be inducted into our Degenerate Gambler Hall of Fame. Yeah. Uh, email me at CousinSalAgainstAllOdds at gmail.com. Last week, uh, a guy emailed us. He, he bet on the World Sauna Championship under 15 minutes, and at six minutes, they had to stop it because someone died. <laughs> So he won. So he's in the Hall of Fame. Like you, uh, I remember when you were betting international women's soccer and oh, you yeah. had this theory, like you'd found the Holy Grail, really. And mm. you're like, these, some of these teams are huge underdogs. Some of these teams, there's no chance they're going to win these games. And so you, wouldn't you parlay like 10 teams or now, something? It was on my honeymoon uh, the, the, at the height of it. I was in Hawaii and 
the times are all screwed up when you're in Hawaii anyway. Yeah, I would parlay like 12 of them together. And I remember waking up at like 5.30 in the morning on my honeymoon to go downstairs to the business center to check these scores. And I'd, I'd always go like 11 out of 12. And right, yeah. Or something. Yeah, yeah so. so you got some weird like, yeah, like, yeah. like Japan beat Ireland or something right. like that you right, know, exactly. in an upset. Uh, yeah, it's not good. <laughs> yeah. Go to Cousin Sal Shurthing Facebook page, win $100 for guessing the prop bet of the week. Game three, shooting percentage of future Celtics Hall of Famer, Kelly Olenek, <laughs> closest to the number, gets 100 points, 100 bucks. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel Live, Thursday night. The great Johnny Depp, Science Bob Flugfelder, and Lincoln Park. Yeah. That's a good show. Yeah. And uh, be sure to take some of your gambling winnings and donate a little to Children's Hospital. They did great work with my cousin Billy, Jimmy's son. Children's Hospital of L.A. There's a lot of them, but, yeah, I mean, listen, yeah. don- donate to any of them. It, do- it doesn't matter. Not that any of the people that listen to your show are going to be giving money to no, charity. No, they're going to do it. They're going to do it. <laughs> www.chla.org. And hopefully this time next week we'll be donating our Dancing with the Stars winnings. It's good karma. Yeah, it yeah. really is. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, um, it, it, it is a good thing to, to donate to. But um, don't let it get in the way of your gambling. I mean, for God's sake, no. maybe my son Billy will will rise to be the, one of the great gamblers of all time. Billy's a good gambling. It really name. is. What is it, Billy Walters? Isn't he the professional that uh, one of the few guys that wins and doesn't? He's in See? jail now. There you yeah. go. I mean, oh, I like he could that. be the one. He could be the golden child. Oh, that would be so great. That'd be so great. <laughs> sitting in a, I guess they're not smoke filled anymore, but uh, no. sitting in a sports book at Caesar's Palace, taking it all in. Oh. Uh, What a dream come true. Yeah. I love it. All right. Thanks, Jimmy. That does it for Against All Odds. For Jimmy Kimmel, I'm Cousin Sal saying happy handicapping. No, no, no.